Ladies and gentlemen, grunts and girls, welcome to episode 26 of Bullets of Beans. As always, I'm your host, Doc Joslin. Happy belated Thanksgiving to everybody. We're at the end of November, getting into December. It's the Christmas season, and it sure as hell doesn't feel like it. The United States, the world, is going into another round of COVID hunker-down orders and lockdowns up in Alaska. December 1st starts the next round of hunker-down. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some of the secondary impacts of these COVID lockdowns, some things coming out of Japan. And then as I was putting the show together, some good news that proves that the voice of America still comes from the people. We're going to talk about Cactus Creek Gourmet Coffee from Aberdeen, North Carolina in this week's Weekly Grind. So strap in, folks. It's coming up. Bullets to Beans, your weekly military and veteran podcast with Doc Joslin. So once again, here we are talking about COVID. We can't get away from it. The next round of lockdowns are beginning, have begun, and are about to begin across the United States, across the world. Locally here in Anchorage, uh, they take effect December 1st. That'll either be tomorrow or yesterday, depending on when I get this out. The hunker down order in Anchorage, uh, that one's set to expire New Year's Eve. So the whole month of December, the whole Christmas holiday season, essentially, we're going to be in hunker down. Restaurants and breweries are limited, as before, to takeout. Unless they have outdoor seating, it's Alaska. It was 17 degrees when we woke up today, but then again, it is Alaska, and there will be some restaurateurs that will uh, give it a shot. Uh, With outdoor seating in a tent, fire pits, why not, folks? Another impact, private organizations like the VFW, and for folks that listen to the show regularly know that I'm heavily involved with the VFW here in Alaska. Organizations like the VFW and the Elks have been ordered to close yet again. The issue with this is the community leadership only sees these organizations as private bars where they hide the disgruntled veteran community and let them just drink to themselves and not really bother anybody. But they overlook the fact that these organizations generate revenue that gets contributed directly back to the local community. The Eagle River VFW alone last year donated over $78,000 back to the local community in the form of sponsorships and donations to youth sports sponsorship, Eagle Scout project funding and sponsorship, uh, scholarships, and so forth. And these funds will dry up as the organizations are forced to shutter their doors again. And why should these organizations be forced to shutter their doors? If you look at specifically the VFW, but also the Elks, the Lions, the members of these subsets of community, the members of these private organizations, they're typically people that have proven themselves to be responsible to do the right thing. These organizations have standards. These organizations have membership requirements. And although you look at them and they might... They might look like riffraff or just, you know, a hodgepodge of consolidated folks. If you look into the organizations, if you don't know much about them, there's some standards. And these are probably the the last organizations that should be closed. Yes, they generate the revenue that goes back to the community in the sale of alcohol. Yes, they generate the revenue to the community through gaming. Right? But by law, 
they're required to return the gaming proceeds to the community. And when you shut these private clubs down, you shut off the revenue that goes back directly into the community. I would venture to say that within the Anchorage Bowl area alone, close to a half a million dollars a year goes back to the community in the form of sponsorships, youth sport sponsorships, and uh, funding requests that are granted, Eagle Scout project funding and sponsorship. When you look at the various VFW posts, the Lions Club organizations, the Elk Lodges, when you look at what they give back to the community, when you shutter their doors and when you shut that down, that's going to be a half a million dollars that goes back into youth sports, scholarships, and everything I talked about that are likely to be gone next year. So when parents are yelling at the city council because there's no ice time or rink time and, and youth hockey is part of life up here in Alaska, when that money dries up and those funding sources for those teams go away because the small business owners in the private organization clubs like the VFW, the Elks, Lions, etc., when they don't have the money to donate back into the community, the community suffers. Youth sports suffer. Parents suffer. The community as a large suffers. And I think the, the local leadership looks at those organizations in the wrong fashion. If you go back to episode 13 of Bullets to Beans and listen to the discussion that Derek Hevener and I had about the VFW being more than just a bar, it would open your eyes to what these these organizations actually do. Next, I had the pleasure of working out at my, my athletic club yesterday. I'm a member of Planet Fitness. They do a pretty good job. Um... Although this next thing that I'm mentioning might be foreign to folks, to a lot of folks, to the veteran community, it shouldn't. But I had the honor of running on the treadmill in a, in a face mask. And although a lot of people complain about that as I'm, as I'm about to hyperventilate and breathe through my mask, I'm just it actually centered me and brought me back to doing a pro mask run in Germany. Uh, a lot of those of us in the veteran community, we've done way worse than wear a mask on a treadmill or on a rowing machine or on a, uh, a mechanical bike. Admittedly, though, I did throw the flag in at about two and a half miles. I'd had enough. Um, I've got to work my conditioning back up to that. I talk about these things, folks, because I want you to start thinking about the next month, what it's going to look like for you, what it's going to look like for your community. This is supposed to be one of the most joyous times of the year. This is supposed to be a time where we get together, we celebrate, we share camaraderie, and that's taken away from us yet again. Civil freedoms and civil liberties in the name of safety and health of others is being stripped away from us yet again. This time of year historically on its own, runs a higher anxiety, depression, and suicide rate compared to other seasons throughout the year. In episode 24, I think it was, I talked about the side effects of COVID that we're seeing. You know, the VA alone cited 20% increase in veteran suicide during COVID. There's typically a spike in veteran suicide during Christmas. What's it going to look like with veteran suicide during a lockdown Christmas? Nothing, not, nothing positive, in my opinion, is, is really going to come out of this. And again, I'm not saying that 
This isn't a deadly disease. I've made steadfast. I've remained steadfast throughout this entire pandemic. This is a very serious disease that warrants very serious consideration, but the proper amount of consideration. Alaska alone in the last 30 days, 50% of total COVID cases in Alaska since the start of the pandemic have happened in the last 30 days. 25% of the deaths have happened in the last 30 days. When you look at CDC and World Health Organization statistics on this disease, it's still running greater than 99% survival rate. We're collapsing our economy. We're creating societies of depression. And in the last segment, I'm going to talk about some news that came out of Japan. We're crippling our entire society over something that less than 1% of people still die to. And I'm not saying it's not a deadly disease. I'm not saying you shouldn't treat it with respect. I'm not saying that you shouldn't take certain precautionary measures to make sure that you don't spread it, that you don't catch it. But then again, I caught it and I know my experience was different than a lot of others, but for me, it was an annoying cold. For my wife, it was an annoying cold. For both of my children, it was an annoying cold. Dr. Fauci at the beginning of this said at a certain point in time, everybody will have either gotten it or known somebody who's gotten it. I think we're there. I would venture to say that we're there and we're probably going to get into the two to three degrees of separation before it's, you know, somebody who's died from it or know somebody who knows somebody who died from it. One to two degrees. But is it worth crippling the economy over? Is it worth crippling our society over? We'll pause there. I want you to think about that. I'm going to go into the weekly grind. We're going to talk about Cactus Creek Gourmet Coffee out of Aberdeen, North Carolina, coming up in just a moment. Stay tuned. The weekly grind. So our grind this week comes to us from the Sand Hills area of North Carolina. It's a funny story how I got turned on to it. So Cactus Creek Gourmet Coffee happens to be a favorite of my cousin and my uncle that live in the North Carolina area. And as I was visiting with them two weeks ago, we were back home in North Carolina talking about my show, different components and elements of my show and doing the coffee reviews. They're like, oh, you should, you should taste some of Cactus Creek coffee. I said, well, yeah, I just got to get my hands on it. So my uncle went and bought me three pounds of Cactus Creek coffee. And so the grind this week is the All For Me Grog, which is a butterscotch and rum flavored coffee. First, I want to talk about the company real quick. Cactus Creek Coffee is owned by Mike Berkey, who's a former Special Forces, retired Special Forces guy. He's been in business with Cactus Creek for 16 years. They started in 2004. He became the sole owner in 2006. So this this company goes way back, right? This is not some upshoot that started just a couple of years ago. This dude's been in it for a minute. And so I'm going to try to get Mike on the show in a future episode, maybe early next year. I'm going to reach out to him. Uh, when my uncle went and picked the the coffee up, they did. It, he wasn't there. Mike wasn't there, but he at least exchanged cards with the the person who was and said, hey, blah, 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 whatever. This is my nephew. He runs a show. He wants to get Mike on the show. So I'm going to keep trying to bridge that relationship to see if I can't get Mike to talk about his company on the show. If you go to their website, it'll be in the show notes. It's cactuscreekcoffee.com. They're going to be on the next three coffee reviews. I've got three of them that my uncle got me. So anyway, this week, the All For Me Grog, again, a butterscotch and rum flavored coffee. I normally 
don't get all to do about flavored coffees. I like coffee, flavored coffee. But my God, this stuff is fucking amazing. First of all, it starts with good coffee. I want to find out what kind of coffee. When you look over his selection of beans that he uses for his varieties, his roasts and his blends, the dude starts with good shit, right? I mean, it just starts on a foundation of good coffee. But then the butterscotch flavor in the subtle hint of the rum, the sweetness of the rum, balanced with the the acidity and a little bit of bitterness of the coffee that comes through. It smells amazing. It's, you know, we're in the holiday season. It smells like the holidays. It's got butterscotch. It's got rum. It's got coffee. It's all mixed together. God, I could drink this shit all day long, and I have been. So anyway, more to come on Cactus Creek Coffee. This week's grind is the All For Me Grog, the butterscotch and rum coffee. In episode 27, we'll be talking about their Sumatra and Mandolin, their French roast, And then following that, we'll do their Campfire Jubilee, which is another flavored coffee, which is chocolate, marshmallow, and graham cracker. S'mores in a cup, bitches. That's what's coming up. That's our roast this week. That's the grind. Again, Cactus Creek Coffee. Check them out, cactuscreekcoffee.com. More to come from them in a couple of weeks. And uh, I'm looking forward to what they got. Stay tuned. So in this final segment, I want to go over three more coronavirus stories. One that's kind of funny, one that shows that the voice of the American people still reigns supreme, and one that's absolutely devastating and heartbreaking and kind of proves the point that what I've been talking about for the last couple episodes. So first, the funny one, in the United Kingdom, a tequila bar owner trying to circumvent the COVID-19 lockdown rules. In Nottingham, England, the owner of the Four Rabbits Tequila and Mezcal Cocktail Bar, he's applied to have his business reclassified as a church. That's right, a church. He's trying to get the patrons of his bar to sign a petition acknowledging that they're members of the congregation of the Church of the 400 Rabbits. This is where we're at, folks, is people are... Uh, Yeah, the Church of the 400 Rabbits is the name of his new church. A pub owner in England, I got to give him credit, the pub owner in England trying to circumvent the coronavirus lockdown restrictions is trying to have his pub acknowledged as a church. Um, I got to give credit for the creativity there. Next, let's talk about a quick story that just came out the other day, takes effect December 7th, out of New York City. I normally don't cite New York City as, as something uh, full of positivity and things that I, I quote for the greater good, but this time I will. Under public pressure from the parents of the largest public school district in the United States, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio is reopening schools starting December 7th, and students with complex disabilities can return to school on December 10th. Absolute celebration there. It's about time that... You know, in the largest, one of the largest cities in the United States, it's about time that city administrations and city officials started listening to their constituents and to the people that pay their fucking bills. So to Mayor de Blasio, I normally wouldn't say this, but hats off to you, sir. Good decision. It took you caving under pressure, 
And there's, I'm sure, a lot more to this story. The story came out. Uh, I pulled it off the New York Times, uh, dated November 29th, from Aliza Shapiro. Uh, so you can look that up. I'll try to put links to it in the show notes. But, you know, that that is something positive coming out of this. But, again, it took it, it took administration of the largest city in the United States to cave under pressure. Uh, let's, let's not, let's not overlook the fact that something good came out, but let's not also overlook the fact that it, it took months of bad decision-making before they had to change their mind under pressure. It's not that they proactively made the right decision, right? So while I'm celebrating it, it's not, it, it it's really not a lesson uh, that other organizations or other city city administrations need to replicate other than they should make better decisions before they are forced to cave under pressure. So finally, the last story uh, in this segment, and this is heartbreaking. This is one that uh, I think epitomizes the message that I've been trying to put out in the last few episodes where I've covered the coronavirus pandemic. Officials in Japan cited that more people died by suicide in the month of October than have died from COVID throughout the entire pandemic. And I, and I ask for the regular listeners to think back to, I think it was episode 24 when I said, you know, government officials at all levels, city, state, national, are they should ask themselves how they want their citizens to die. Do they want them to die of depression and anxiety? Do they want them you know, isolated and alone and broken, or do they want them to maybe die of a disease that runs a 99% or greater survivability rate, prosperous, happy, and engaging. In Japan in October, more people died from depression and suicide than the entire pandemic combined. I say that again. And some of the statistics that they, that they're citing find some of the ones that stuck out with me. 27% of reported increased behavioral health challenges and mental health challenges from the pandemic come from women compared to a 10% increase in men. 83% spike in suicide over the same period last year. 83% rise in suicide in Japan over the same period last year. So while the story just a moment ago prior to this was a kind of quasi-success story of city officials making appropriate and responsible decisions under pressure, this is the pressure that they should be looking at. People are literally killing themselves. A lot of countries across the world were in the middle of a behavioral health crisis prior to the pandemic. America definitely was in the midst of a behavioral health crisis. The veteran community within the United States was horribly plagued with behavioral health challenges and issues. I cited a couple episodes ago that the VA cites a 20% increase in veteran suicide during the pandemic. Folks, this is something that, that, that we've got to start getting across to city, county officials, to state officials, to federal legislators. And when you look at their own personal behavior, they obviously don't believe in what they're saying because you can cite time after time after time, whether it's the, the Los Angeles mayor, whether it's Nancy Pelosi, you can look at just about any state, any level of government, and the people that are locking you down, the people that are taking away your freedoms, don't even have the respect to follow the rules that they set forth on everybody else. So if it's good for the goose, it's got to be good for the gander. But what we're finding is it's only good for the gander, and the goose flies away, does whatever they want. So think about that, folks. 
Think about the impacts. Think about the impact in your own personal life. So we're going to pause there for a second. I'll come back. We'll close the show out. All right, folks, that's episode 26. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate the listenership and the followership. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We're trying to get started up on TikTok. I don't know how to use that yet. I got to talk to my kids. Please don't forget to like, share, subscribe, tell your friends about the show. And uh, with everything that's going on, this is the holiday season. This is supposed to be one of the, the most joyous seasons of the year within the social rules that are put upon you, whether it's uh, hunker down orders or even the, the curfews that they've instilled out in California. If you're in California and listen to this in public and it's after 10 o'clock, you're wrong because you got a bedtime, folks. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we've got some pretty cool shows coming up. The production calendar is filling up. We've got some interviews with veteran entrepreneurs coming up all over the spectrum couple of book reviews coming out uh so don't forget to tune in again like share subscribe this is dr oslin stay frosty bullets to beans is an official media production of lifeline media llc eagle river alaska